You're listening to Vanguard Radio. Boy, wasn't that something? Uh, Herb Alpert and Tijuana Brass. <laughs> For our South American friends listening tonight. Okay, uh, this is VNN Broadcasting, and uh, I'm Jeff Beck. And we're pulling into the fourth hour of Free Talk Live tonight, and uh, it gets a little wild on here in the fourth uh, hour, so uh, uh, when you listen to this in the archives, uh, keep that in mind. Okay, uh, we've got on the phone tonight, uh, we've got, um, you're still there, News, right? Hey, yeah. Okay. Does it work? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, uh, sure. That's all right. And uh, uh, Bud White, and we've got uh, Mr. Robert Vavelsborg uh, is also on tonight. And, of course, Alex, are you there? I'm here, yes. Okay. Hello. So we're all aboard, and um, uh, where did we leave off? Whew, boy, did we you get to hear that about, Herb Alpert? Uh, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. We were talking about, uh, Robert was talking about the uh, illegal situation up in uh, North Jersey. Well, Robert, do you think they're listening to Herb Alpert? I certainly hope so, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they get very uppity around here whenever uh, Brazil is in the uh, is playing soccer. That's why I was kind of glad that they ducked out early this year because uh, they're always driving around erratically with their Brazilian flags out the window and starting problems whenever Brazil gets going. So that's that's one segment of the population I definitely notice around here. There aren't so many Negroes in Carney yet, but they're coming. A few of them crawl over from Newark every once in a while and start problems. Do uh, is anyone here? Does anyone here follow soccer? Not really. I saw the World no. Cup. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, that's what that's what I expected. I mean, when I was young, anyway, soccer was kind of, kind of like an alien element, and uh, but maybe I'm a little odd. But you no, know, it's played. It's just not uh, international because the U.S. doesn't have any. It has a league, but no one really. Yeah, I played like soccer Europe. when I was a kid. I People was on all team played it. All yeah, well, I played it a lot. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I can't help but think, you know, uh, when you watch games of whites playing basketball before the blacks were let in, the game was totally different. Uh, it was a completely. It was played. It was played completely differently. It was a game that had a lot more strategy and uh, ball handling and passing and and uh, and shooting involved in it. And well, it was about skill to some extent, rather than yeah, right. Brian yeah. Abe dunking a ball in the net, <laughs> yeah. like Shaquille O'Neal, yeah. you know. 
<laughs> exactly. It wasn't just elbows and charging. And um, what I what I would what I wanted to know if someone knew the game of soccer or football as they call it in Europe is uh, you know I wonder if the Brazil team is kind of like uh, uh, an example of that sort of thing because uh, you know nope, it's the opposite. They're quite skilled, but they're also overrated by the media. Okay, and, yeah. and they they really promote the idea that they play a beautiful game and where they are good, but they're not perfect. And when they describe German teams. Germany or, or Germanic teams, is they're always brutally efficient, you know, some other cliche that makes them sound <laughs> like butchers, when in fact they, there are slight differences, but they're not all that that pronounced okay. the way that they do it. But, of course, Nike, which is a big race-mixing uh, ad, and they got one football now that I'd mentioned before and falsely attributed to ESPN. But, yeah, they really, they really promoted the hell out of Brazil playing the beautiful game, that Brazil got excused early, which is uh, good news. You know, I saw Shaquille O'Neal once in an interview say that when he was in high school, he wasn't even good enough to uh, play in the team. He had to play for, like, the secondary youth, uh, you know, the team to basically keep niggers out of trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Midnight bas- basketball. basketball. <laughs> right. So it wasn't until he became, like, a seven-foot nigger who could just, like, walk up and put the, the, the ball into the hoop that he had mm-hmm. any sort of skill at the game of basketball. And so, he's never been able to hit more than 50% of his free throws. There's no strategy or anything to that. It's just a big ape charging up the court. Yeah, well, he, yeah. he's not entirely <laughs> unskilled, but he, his mammoth girth makes it possible for him to brush off everybody and just put it in, essentially, when he was in his prime. Yeah. It's it's all the usual. That's I never did get back to that point about black quarterbacks. Like tonight, they engineered New Orleans winning as an underdog to to make everybody in the U.S. feel good about this monstrous charade we have. But they always promote white quarterback. Oh, they're redefining the position. They're too fucking dumb. They just run around like a chicken with their head cut off. Well, you know, I know tonight and, when we open. That's the sh- why the the whites. Yeah, they ended up winning twenty three to three, and that's why the whites have always dominated the quarterback position because it's about judgment more than pure physical skills. And the niggers simply cannot, they can't, one code word that they'll use in describing why a black quarterback hasn't panned out like ESPN and the media promote him is that he can't read defenses. That's just translation. He's a dumb nigger. And they can, even if they have uh, superior physical reflexes to whites in certain areas, they still, it can't make up for their lack of judgment and brains. And, well, I, and I can tell that just dealing with them in class. A friend of mine who... Uh, when he was an undergraduate, he had an opportunity to study German, and he was in an advanced German class, and this Negro came in on the first day, and he sat in the back of the class, and he just sort of looked bewildered for the whole class, and he didn't say anything when the other people were engaging in German. And at the end, he ended up getting up and leaving before the end of the class, and the professor said to him, I'll be the same, and he said, yo, I'll be the same too. <laughs> no way! <laughs> you gotta be kidding! <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. That's not a bad joke. That's an actual. That actually happened. That <laughs> actually happened. I'll He's be trying to relate it to something he understood. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the nigga thought he was saying, "I'll be the same next time you're here, so don't bother coming back." <laughs> yeah. Who Go knows, out and be Zane and shit. It had to, it, it's like light ch- diffracts through glass. It had to go through that three inches of skull, and he tried to translate it into blackies. <laughs> some, something commensurable <laughs> to his experience. <laughs> what could that brother be saying and shit? You know, I know when we started off tonight, Alex, way at the beginning. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was keeping it real, homie. 
<laughs> All right. You had you had some things tonight to talk about in regards to. Well, sports. that was just my second. That was just my, I would just make the. I, I was trying to find parallels, and I've I've mentioned before in relation to diet and a high carb diet being promoted consumption of grain by the government as good for you when it's not good for you, and also the other one is through sports and seeing that that the uh, they promote. Any position dominated by whites, they'll they'll describe as a racist historical legacy, whether it's coach or quarterback in football, and they'll very, very, very actively promote the idea that blacks are being discriminated against at the position of quarterback and at the position of a head coach, and that's just two positions in one sport, and and they you know and we've also mentioned other things that they they create, and they always have explanations for why blacks fail, and at the same time, uh, ESPN is what most white males are watching. And uh, they just, uh, whites are now own the top four heavyweight spots because that shows that whites are tougher than blacks. They just, they don't talk about it. This is boxing. That's boxing, yeah, to to use another sport. And so the myth of blacks are somehow superior at boxing and all these things, they just plain aren't. And they've been, the the good news is blacks have been not driven out of baseball entirely, but there are virtually no starting pitchers that are blacks. Baseball is almost completely white and and, uh, Mexican. And uh, I actually think black, whites will come to dominate it even more over time. Um, and, and football, I don't know. Blacks certainly have increasingly been a larger portion of the starting lineups, but I think that's starting the pendulum's starting to swing back on that, actually. Because um, there are plenty of really fast white guys out there, and there are some good reasons, if you read Cast Football site, uh, to believe that they do discriminate against whites at the skilled positions in football, such as so-called skilled, such as the... Uh, Running backs and at uh, uh, wide receiver, and and only keep them at quarterback uh, because they, you know, the the money for winning is makes it worthwhile. But you know, you mentioned this high carb uh, diet, and and I don't know, I hate to talk about something that is uh, the diet, but I I I, uh, I went on uh, I guess what could roundly be called kind of an Atkins type diet a couple mm-hmm. months ago, and yeah. um, and. Uh, I'll, let me briefly share you my experience with that. Uh, I was eating a lot of carbohydrates, tons of breakfast cereal for mm-hmm. uh, for breakfast, and then uh, you know uh, uh, cookies and it, just eating tons of wheat products. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was suffering from heartburn. I, I still suffer from it quite a bit. And um, uh, but uh, I, I I went pretty much cold turkey on it, and uh, and I and I've kept not doing it. I, I I'm not on the carb thing anymore. High carb, uh, you know, I may have mm-hmm. eaten a banana every once in a while now, uh, something like that. But um, one thing I really noticed r- really quickly um, was, uh, I guess, this term brain fog. And uh, my a lot of my mind cleared up. I, I was always very kind of sleepy and drowsy a lot. And yeah. uh, I'm always sleepy and drowsy, but I was, I think I was much, I was sleepier and more drowsy. Well, uh, he, and, and that's kind read. of cleared up. People, the government has a food food pyramid based on basically you're getting all these servings of grain, which is essentially sugars. And Atkins explains it is so remarkably parallel to he would put his diet is basically all protein and very little carbs, and radically so at the start when you when you have to recycle it because if you the carbs turn into sugars and if you don't need that sugar for energy it becomes stored as fat and the older you get the worse it is. So what he's saying is you have to restructure. The government is misleading you and he doesn't really get into politics so much. But he says you have to eat protein, and they've demonized protein just the way they demonize white males. Protein, or, protein or red meat is is the white male of the food groups essentially, 
So you'll know exactly what I mean when I say that because you know our, our background politics. But it's just amazing to see the VNN stuff reflected in every area that isn't directly political as well as the directly political. So his point is to get people eating protein. And uh, he has... Uh, he would put people on this diet and they would lose all kinds of weight and then they would they would still this is how strong how brainwashed people are they he said they could see from the scale and from their own eyes and from their own uh, feelings about how they were after they'd been on my diet they still believed the government propaganda and that that was how they were really supposed to eat the conditioning is so strong and i just think it's fascinating to see these it backs up everything we're saying when you see non-political examples of exactly the same pattern of deception and misinformation from the government aimed at endangering the lives and bodies of normal white people. Now, one thing uh, I'll add to that um, is um, I am I am a little bit careful uh, with the meat I eat in, in regards to salt, and mm-hmm. you've, you've got to watch it. Um, I'm, I'm at an age now where I have to be much more careful with that, uh, but... Um, uh, you got to when you when you if you if you go on a protein you know, you know based diet uh, or you know eating regimen uh, uh, you gotta you gotta be careful with the salt and um, you know not make sure you don't get too much because there's a lot of yeah. salt in meat and uh, uh, but um, I I am much happier with this diet than I was before I well, haven't he, lost a yeah. ton of weight uh, but I have lost some and I and I and I generally feel better. Well, his- and I and I and I'm and I'm also more energetic, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on the margins. You know, his, it, it, his point is: look, uh, you got to avoid the stuff that's endangering you. Is more the salts? Yeah, it can be bad. But his point is that fat has been demonized and protein has been demonized when actually they're necessary. But the carbohydrates take many different forms you wouldn't suspect. His point is that the bun and the dressing are worse than the meat. The meat is good, <laughs> but uh, uh, the uh, and he especially teaches that. Uh, soft drinks are very, very bad for you in every possible way. Yeah, I don't eat does. that shit. Never have. And and it's highly advisable that people avoid that. Uh, and it 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 gets your insulin out of whack. And that's why all these people are diabetic now because yeah. they have so much sugar, they get real fat, and eventually their toes start turning gray, and they get diabetes. And how many people in small town America have diabetes? Have, have you guys read uh, the Nazi War on Cancer by Dr. Robert Proctor? Um. No, I haven't read that. I've seen his other book on that. Uh, Nazi uh, medicine. I, yeah, Nazi yeah, medicine. Why? What does yeah. he? What does he say about that? Uh, it's a really interesting topic. He, he, he uh, the book is really great. He put he puts in a lot of uh, old posters like uh, promoting health from the NS period, and he talks about how uh, how ahead NS scientists were in the field of uh, cancer research and how they were handing out breast exam pamph- self breast exam mm-hmm. pamphlets to uh women you know 30 years before it happened anywhere else and they they were just light years ahead of everyone else in the research of uh of cancer but they were also so healthy in pr- in promoting health to to the people you know they really attacked coca-cola and uh white bread and all that kind of stuff yeah and, and that's they, it. They, they promoted uh strongly promoted uh apple cider as the volksgetränk you know mm-hmm. the, the drink of the people, and they really uh, attacked as degenerate in America any sort of uh, uh, Coca Cola or the any fizzy of that. water. Yeah, yeah. They, what Atkins says in his book also is that basically heart disease was pretty much unheard of back then, partly because people were farmers and they worked all the time, so they could eat all this stuff and it didn't it didn't build up in them. But he he says nowadays we start eating all this processed food and. White flour and white sugar are in everything, and that's what's causing the problems, the obesity and the heart problems and the diabetes. 
And yeah, the Nazis were ahead on a lot of that. They were really anti-smoking too, which I don't 100% agree with. But uh, they led; they were way ahead of, uh, of uh, these. Uh, a lot of the stuff they're whining about today, it's pretty clear. I wonder, did did you read that thing I posted the other day? Uh, the letter from the guy who's upbraiding me for not writing enough about the Jewification of the medical field. Yeah. My only excuse is, is Dr. John said, ignorance. I don't know all that much about that stuff. Uh, I used to write about the technology of, of healthcare, but I never, you know, I never covered the AMA or any of the politics involved in that. But yeah, he specifically, you he was citing that guy, what was his name, Royal Rife or something, who claimed he had found some way to, to bust up cancer tumors using sound frequencies. I wonder if that plays into what the Nazis were doing. Now, I, I only know what I read from your post, so I can't add anything to that. Which was his letter. I didn't post anything, just, just his letter. Yeah. But it, it all plays together. The Jews get in these fields and they create guilds, and unless you're part of their little operation, you're, you're kind of frozen out. And you have to think about everything is what it comes down to. Jeff, the other day you were mentioning Lothrop Stoddard. Have you read his Into the Darkness? No, I've only read the um, the main book of his. I shouldn't say the main book, the the, the one that's well known. Um, Rising uh, Tide of Color. Yeah, yeah, Rising Tide of Color. Yeah, that's his best known book. But uh, Into the Darkness, I really highly recommend for everyone. Uh, what it what it is is uh, in 1939, Lothrop Stoddard decided. As you know, he was a uh, Ph.D. from Harvard in history. Mm-hmm. And uh, and sort of the archetypal Yankee scholar at the time. And he goes over to uh, Germany in uh, 1939-1940, and he really uh, paints a comprehensive picture of National Socialist Society. Wow. He he interviews everyone from, like, the lowest street worker to, you know, the members of the uh, Reichsarbeitsdienst, you know, the workers building the the, the, uh, autobahns. And then he talks to Dr. Robert Lay, he talks to Dr. Goebbels, he talks to Dr. Gunther, he wow. even talks to Hitler himself, and he just, he even, he gets to sit in on the eugenics council and uh, the German court system, and he finds that the people that, uh, you know, that they're, they're, they're sterilizing are really the bottom of the barrel, like, you know, they, they bring in these people that, you know, to Stoddard are clearly idiots who shouldn't be breeding, but because they they manage to show up at a job every day, the German court adjudicates them fit enough to keep going. You know, like you had to really be a a complete mongoloid, uh, you know, reprobate yeah, for them for them to sterilize you. But they, they make it over here. They make it seem like if you had a freckle, they they threw you into the the, the sterilization chamber, and it's just not true. Dotted really refutes all that. You're exactly garbage. right. You're- and he does and, and I'd like to job. make a point there too, because what we have are I've got Go that ahead, book Alex. and I haven't read it, but I want to make the point that disinformation people people who put out disinformation like uh uh Amren and uh what's his name over there who runs that? What's his name? Jared he, Taylor. They like to claim that uh Jared Taylor, that's right. Uh Jared Taylor likes to claim and he knows that it's a lie. Because he knows about these associations between the WASP American intellectuals and the Nazis and how they work together and exchange ideas. They claim that the Nazis were the ones who uh, destroyed the, uh, the public respect for eugenics. But what you're saying is the, the truth that they, these people actually wrote each other and they went and visited and they talked and they discussed ideas. And, and it's all part of a great misrepresentation of the reality of National Socialist Germany. So that they had a lot of good ideas. And, and probably a lot of them would make sense today. 
Yeah, and Stoddard so, says that they were much more lenient than he would have been with these people. People that he thought were clearly, you know, subhuman monkeys worthy of, you know, just outright mm -hmm. euthanasia, let alone sterilization that the German court was letting go. So he, mm -hmm. he, he thought that National Socialist Germany was really a great society, and he paints a wonderful, comprehensive picture of it. And I recommend all of you guys uh, check that book out. Yeah. Uh, I always enjoy Stoddard's writings and Grant, and I've been studying uh, physical anthropology for the last six years or so, so I've got an original copy of Kuhn's work mm -hmm. on uh, the, the, the races of Europe, and I love uh, Dr. Gunther's writing, his Ransekunda des Deutschen Focus, and all that good stuff. I think mm -hmm. it's good for uh, pe the people to really understand where they come from. And, and this this would be part of, of normal conservatism if the Jews had not taken it over and denatured it in, into violent, aggressive warmongering abroad. This is part of our legitimate heritage, whether we're German, English, or or American. Okay, I've got a. I, I agree with you 100. percent I've got a, a few announcements to make. Uh, Bud had to drop. And uh, and okay. I, I guess that's pro he, I think it was getting pretty late his time. It's tw it's twelve thirty there, uh, where he at he is at. Uh, and uh, so uh, uh, I see Theseus on Jeff. Yeah, and so we're going to bring Theseus in now. But uh, before I did this, I got a, a chat message from uh, uh, from Vic Fury. Uh, he's and and uh, we've actually discussed this a little bit before, Vic. Uh, on other free talk lives, uh, and I and I think if you go into um, the 18th of September, uh, this will answer your question. But here's his question: uh, He it's a question for you, uh, Robert, and he wants to know. Uh, and I, I guess he, I guess maybe he's a university student like you are, uh, but he says I'm looking for ways to approach uh, to connect with uh, other racists on campus. What topics? do you use to open the conversations with? Well, the the, the best two that I've found are uh, obviously illegal immigration and Israel. I mean, it's obvious that the, the immigration problem is, uh, you know, a really hot-button issue in the country right now. And so when you start talking about the uh, immigration issue, it's easy to segue into uh, identity politics in, in a racial sense. And also mm -hmm. when you start pointing out Israel's belligerency, it's easy to start talking about the roots of that and uh, the nature of uh, Jewish supremacism in general. So both of those I found are pretty interesting, uh, pretty successful, rather, segues. Okay, Israel and immigration. All right, now yep. let's, uh, let's bring in, uh, let's bring in uh, Mr. Theseus into the call. Uh, yeah, he's green. Okay. Okay. It's ringing. Hey guys. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Just uh, for the listeners, we have Alex Linder, uh, News, uh, Robert Wewelsberg, and Theseus, and of course myself. All right. Evening, Theseus. W Robert. Okay. Yeah. All right. What's up, Theseus? What's going on? What's up, man? Uh. Nothing much. Just got in from work. The tests are starting to come in. Uh, studying hard, trying to catch up from last week. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a couple tropical storms roll by, so everything in my life got neglected for about five days, uh, or actually closer to ten days over the course of two weeks. So I'm playing a little bit of catch up now. 
but um, I don't know what uh, uh, towards Willsburg uh, has been speaking with you guys about, but um, we we did a little bit of a chat the other day on uh, our university experience. Yeah, he mentioned um, that. Oh yeah, okay. I, all right. Well, since that, I don't know what was covering, what wasn't. Well, we didn't. Yeah, just, I, I tried to cover different like material today than we did during our broadcast. Uh, we've okay. been we've been talking about eugenics and and what was going on in Germany and a little bit about what was going on in America and Lothrop Stoddard's Into the Darkness where he talked to oh, yeah. major and minor Nazis and every average everyday Germans fascinating stuff. Yeah, I put an interlibrary loan in for that book after um, uh, Wheelsburg uh, mentioned it the other day uh, during our chat and I put in an interlibrary loan for it. Uh, I can't wait for it to come in. I, I can't believe. Uh, where did did they actually have it at some college library? Uh, they have it somewhere, yeah. I can't remember wow. exactly where. If you go on WorldCat, worldcat.com, you can see which libraries have it. Is that the, the place to find all college libraries? Is that their Internet work? That's all libraries, pretty much, that are on oh, the okay. ALA uh, system. Yeah, the Interlibrary uh, Loan is really a wonderful system. We were talking about it on our broadcast. I bought my copy of the book from Noontide Press, and once you read it, you probably want to buy a copy, but... You can get any book pretty much that's out there that's got mm -hmm. a uh, you know Library of Congress number. Yeah, you can, you can go to there. your right. You can go to your public library and uh, you know if yeah. they don't have it, that that doesn't really matter. You just tell them you want to enter library loan a book and and uh, sure. And I also encourage people. I went to the Kirksville book sale and found a book by uh, Madison Grant, The Alien in Our Midst, and this is part of the immigration debate. Uh, back in the first part of the 20th century, and another one by Harry Laughlin, who was a eugenicist who actually hailed from Kirksville, Missouri, of all places, and they're discarding these from from TSU, the local uh, college bookstore, and that's always how it is. They get rid of the old uh, classic stuff that has the racist legacy. So you want right. to pick that up for for pennies on the dollar? Yeah, yeah they're I replacing that with a new set of classic. Stoddard's Revolt of, Against Civilization in one of those cheap bookstores. Yeah, exactly. Book sales and uh, used bookstores, you'll find some of this. Sorry to interrupt time, you, whoever that was. You, you <laughs> can almost get the stuff for free at, at a lot of the book sales for, for yeah. no more than a buck a piece. Or you can go through interlibrary loan. Or now you can buy it all online. It, it costs a little bit more, but it's always there at least. Yeah, it's like, amazing how many, uh, well, as far as classics go, you can get uh, online. And um, like right now, I'm listening actually to an audio book of Mein Kampf on audiobooks from audiobooksforfree.com, and uh, that's just kind of nice because I have to drive a lot. Audiobooks for free? Yeah, audiobooks for free. And there's Minecraft is on it, huh? Dot com, I believe it is, but it's it's either dot com or dot org, but yeah. Huh? Unfortunately, it's read by that chick from The Nanny. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, you got me. It's <laughs> a <laughs> Just a little joke there. <laughs> you got it. Uh, These are horrible. Actually, that would kind of be kind of funny. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's read by a Shakespearean-sounding British, uh, mm -hmm. very erudite-sounding fellow. But it, it's kind of neat. He's got the you know he's got the uh, passion in all the right places. And uh, so yeah, it, it's amazing. I'm always amazed when um, uh, as I'm as I'm going through this. You talk about him cutting into an abscess in a British voice and finding oh. a Jew in the middle of it. Oh, yeah, it's perfect. It works. I mean, it's it's, it's really good. You know? I've always yeah. hated that Mannheim translation of uh, Mein Kampf. The Fuhrer doesn't really mm. translate well. He's not as bad as Nietzsche. Nietzsche is really hard to translate because he's so idiomatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's a problem in any type of translation. As a matter of fact, now, uh, 
now that we're on the subject of translation and whatnot, I I, I find it amazing, and this is what I, I found when I was first kind of starting to come to to the uh, the Jewish question, um, and realizing that there was indeed a question to begin with. I found it, and I still to this day find it amazing that across the centuries and across you know these disparate languages, all these disparate <laughs> languages, that you Martin Luther and uh, uh, Charles Lindbergh and Henry Ford, and I mean all these cats are saying the same thing. Yeah, it's like it doesn't exactly go out of date when it's going to be relevant. So long as you are around, like it. Alex, you're breaking up on my end. I don't know if anybody yeah. else has that yeah, problem. Yeah, chop. I'll, go, I'll talk slower. No, I'm just saying it's all perfectly on point. Every criticism of the Jews sounds timely because the object described is the same as it ever was. And they have, they show a remarkable ability or inability to be able to change their behavior, even if even if they wanted to. Yeah, which book on that is great. I love when uh, somebody asked Luther what he thought about um, baptizing Jews, and he said, "If a Jew came to me and wanted to convert, I'd take him down to the to borders of the Elba, fasten a millstone around his neck, and cast him into the water." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would work. <laughs> know, but, but in the course of my education, I've had to read a lot of documents from uh, that were translated from, especially ancient Greek. And um, you know, if you if you know another language, you can kind of get a little bit of a sense for how much you lose in translation. Like I I, I studied mm-hmm. French, and if you read Candide, for instance, in French, you get a you get a much more colorful picture. It, it really is like having somebody describe a picture to you to to get the translation of it. Yeah. And uh, when I first read Nietzsche at fourteen, uh, the, the translation didn't didn't give any. Real, real grasp of what what I got once I was able to read it in German. Yeah, because you never really appreciate like how many um, little plays on words that we do in our natural. I mean, little things that just don't really quite translate, um, you know, in your just natural daily use of language. And mm-hmm. but that's why I found it so very profound that all these people were saying essentially the same things. So you really didn't have to have your antenna up to you know saying, okay, I know this is a translated document. Um, you know, you really, you really didn't need to have your antenna up as much, uh, just because it, it just comes through. It cuts through very clearly. Martin Luther is saying the same thing as Voltaire, is saying the same thing as Henry Ford, and, and as Dostoevsky. Really yeah. yeah, and yeah, go over and to Calvin Calvin.edu. A lot of people probably know about. Maybe some don't. Where they have an archive of translated by a leftist Goebbels, Goebbels speeches and, and other uh, Germans, and and it's. That's a great article. I, I mean, yeah. It could, yeah, it is, and it could be written. It, why can't that be printed in a paper today? Well, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> but completely relevant. You know, I know I, Hitler describes the the. I think he uses eight different steps, uh, uh, A, B, C, D, and so forth of the the phases of society go or Jews go through in inside of a society, and uh, it, it's amazing. You can you can look at that and go, ah, we're on F. And it's very clear. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, neocon Jews will be taking over your Pentagon and doing things like 9/11. I mean, it's just like really, <laughs> it's almost pulled from the day's headlines. Uh, yeah, you know, and he's even talking about them introducing black francophone uh, yeah. colonials into the Rhine. Into the Rhine. 
Well, you yeah. see, oh, they're race mixing. They, everything that they're doing now, they were doing not only in Germany, they were doing it in the Soviet Union when the, when the gang of Jews took it over. It's just, and they were probably doing it in Egypt. There used to be a site <laughs> yeah. that had an archive of just Der Sturmer. I'm not sure what happened to that, but it, it was a, it was a good archive that had quite a few issues of Der Sturmer up there, and I'd like to mm -hmm. find that again. I've got a couple issues myself, original issues. I'm sure some of you have seen it. Uh, Stryker really did some great drawings, and each issue says at the bottom has that great slogan, Die Juden sind unser Unglück. What does that mean? The Jews are our misfortune. Uh-huh. Right. Wow. Yeah, those are slogans. He was uh he he was hung, right, for for printing a newspaper that was yeah, yeah, yes he was. He wasn't at all part of their war effort. He just kept publishing his paper and and some people even the Nazis didn't like it, but he kept doing it and that's what they 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 executed him for. Toward the end, he was seen as like an extremist and he was on the outside of the party. He wasn't very influential at all at the end of his days, but the, the Jews are very, very, um, you know, True. they have a libel and they're very sadistic. Yeah, and he he was he was a pretty fearless guy, and he was very much of an orator and, and, a, and a rouser in the in the time when they were coming to power, the campsite, I guess. And but later on, yeah, he was he was a little falling away. But the Jews I heard they even made him, They made him. They, they, he had to be dragged down the hall and stripped naked, and uh, he was screaming till uh, his last breath. I heard. I, didn't didn't they also like make the opening too small so that it would bang his nose and break his nose on the way down something like that? They yeah, did that they kind did. of little nasty extra added they, Jewish viciousness. They deliberately hanged him real slowly, so he he died. They did that with most of them, so it took about a half hour for a lot of them to die. J uh, uh, news just said in a chat. I don't know why he didn't speak up, but he said uh, Stryker said, "quote He who fights the Jew does battle with the devil." Right. Well, Stryker said that the personification of the Jew as the epitome of all evil assumes the living shape, uh, the, the epitome of the devil as the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, assumes the living shape of the Jew, which is well, really I'll, true. It, yeah, it, 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 it's absolutely true. The longer you study them, the, the more unavoidable that conclusion becomes. It. By God, if, if there is such a thing as a devil, the Jew is absolutely the embodiment of it. Because God, in every situation... They they are right in the middle, and they could use their powers for good, and they don't. They use them for the opposite. They could reconcile blacks to their, to their normal course as less intelligent people and resign them to that and train them to accept it. Nope. They What do they do? They put chips on shoulders, and they, they encourage the hostility of the races, all for their own profit. And you can't avoid that conclusion that they're evil. I know. I don't believe in the supernatural... But I think it's true with uh, some uh, bad Gentiles and, and Jews. You know, he said, men are bad while women are evil. <laughs> mm -hmm. the, 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 the distinction's important. Well, yeah, I don't believe in any type of supernatural at all. Uh, I never did, uh, mm -hmm. you know, believe in any type of a God or anything, even though I was raised Baptist. Um, but... Uh, it you know, it's, it's, a Jew really, uh, you know, Jews almost make you believe in some type of supernatural just from the um the horrible uh well i mean i guess i, I hate the word evil but you know evil <laughs> that's the yeah it doesn't have to be absolute but that's the, what they do is they make every situation they're in worse when they're positioned where they could make it better and no one would care they could be a rich rich minority living among us and no one would give a damn but they have to mess every single thing up 
Have you ever? Do you know, does anyone here know about uh, the Parsis of India? Yes, they could be like that. Yes, and describe that because a lot of people won't okay. have heard of them. Okay, the Parsis are. I guess they would. I guess it's uh, okay to describe them as the last uh, wave of Aryans who came from the land of uh, Persia, who were driven out by the Mohammedans and um, Zoroastrians. That's right. There were Zoroastrians, who are the first monotheists, um, and they're they're Aryans. Uh, they have green eyes and blue eyes, and uh, same thing as the Marsh Arabs. But uh, but I digress. These folks were driven to India, and they were allowed to settle as long as they didn't proselytize, and as long as they stayed in their own little communities. And they did that. And if you go today, uh, uh, you know, look up Indian uh, stuff on the uh, on the web. It's all Parsi. All the the chemical companies, all of the, I mean, the uh, Tata, T-A-T-A, is the, is the big They're Parsi. They're Parsi? Yes. Wow. And they own everything in, in pretty much that area of Asia, like Central and, and uh, the, the Indian subcontinent. I mean, the, the trucks there don't say Ford or Volvo. They say Tata. The planes say Tata. The, and the, the Parsi are tiny. The Parsi are a tiny minority of people. There's very, there's not many of them, are there? Right, they're they're dying out uh, rapidly, actually. I was just rapidly reading the other day in a mainstream news story that uh, they're apparently having problems with their burial area being overcrowded because uh, the monsoon season preserves the the dead bodies, and they don't get the the, the apparently uh, some sort of. Uh, they put their dead that's used on cattle is uh killing all the vultures so the the vultures yeah. aren't eating the bodies as they used to anymore. Yeah, and they the, put their dead up on on these these ceremonial pillars that that right. you know, they're way up and they I think they're 50 or 60 feet or so and uh the vultures uh eat them and it's kind of a circle of life thing and But the vultures uh, are almost vultures extinct now. Yeah. yeah. Huh. But if you look at uh, Parsi history, was quite interesting for me even before uh, I was a racialist, and it, it was kind of neat to learn that you know, hey, they're the white people of Asia, and good lord, look at them, you know, they're <laughs> they're the ones that brought Shakespeare, they're the ones who, uh, you know, and and that's what I always think that that Jews could be like if they weren't Jews, that they could be this tiny minority that was uh, productive, uh, kept to themselves. You know, even being well connected, and that's the thing that really gets me. And Jews say that you're just jealous that you know we're doing well, and you know we're connected and we stick together and whatnot. It's just, it's not just that. It's that they work to other people's detriment. They don't just help each other out. There's a negative element to what they do. I mean, I, I know I'm not it's telling anybody anything new here, no, but, but people need to hear it. It's the the defining element from a non-Jews point of view. They could be uh, essentially a middleman or a catalyst that, that helped people and themselves benefited in the process, but they They could to ignore be. us. They could work together and basically ignore us and no one would care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's That's that true. They work to our detri- detriment and, you know, and they can't help themselves. I, that's my analysis is I just don't think they can help themselves. You, you, look, you look up these Jews in the Pentagon and, you know, you look what's going on with uh, with all of this stuff and with the 9/11 stuff and the, the missing trillions. I mean, they just can't help themselves. <laughs> I mean, when we give them billions of years. They just do what they do, just like niggers do what they do. If you let them loose in the city, yeah, Judaism like is niggers. a conspiracy. 
It, but if you put them together, they're just going to aggregate that that way naturally. That's just the way they behave. You don't necessarily have to conspire outright. It's just no. an en- endemic to them to, to to be conspiratorial toward their own interests. Oh yeah, and, and, yeah. and to act malignantly towards ours. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. They don't just they don't just work together and help each other out. And that's why I contrast them with the Parsis. Is that Parsis kind of stay in their own community and they they have their their business and stuff and. Actually, they are known for being um, philanthropists of the first order. And uh, but but that aside, they don't work to other people's detriment. Even if, and that's what I that's what I'm saying. If Jews were just if they just uh, even if they worked together, even if they did have this kooky religion, even if they did have this pariah state in um, Southwest Asia, they would uh, be relatively ignored. Even if they did believe in they were the chosen, even if, but it's it's just the loxism. It's the it's they have to work to our detriment for some reason. They have to dip their matzo in our blood. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, they, they it does seem blood. to be that way. Hey, now that's a blood libel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Like with everything else, the Jew is accused endlessly of uh, uh, Aryans of blood libel, Europeans of blood libel, and what have they done? I say this, I say this, and 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 I'm really not kidding. I, I'm almost afraid when I hear Jews make accusations, just just from the fact that I know the uh, um, what the regularity of. with which they uh, do what they accuse others of. And you know, if they're saying gas chambers, I'm I'm thinking, my God, is that what they have in their in their little minds for us? You yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I feel the same way when they. They start promoting the idea that Muslims are going to nuke New York, or they're telling yeah. their their flocks to leave New York. I'm thinking, damn, the Jews are setting us up to oh, that's nuke exactly New York. What they're doing. That's I exactly that, what they're doing. <laughs> that's how I take it. <laughs> there, there's no doubt about that. They're going to and look. That's my analysis for for anyone who cares. Uh, my analysis is that Bush will double down, and uh, even even with this 9/11 yeah. stuff starting to bubble up to the top, he believes in his own bullshit. So at least he is going to agitate to double down because he believes in his own bullshit. And, and he has nothing else to live for. He's an old guy who this is his last shot at being president. And yeah, exa- double down is a good way to put it. Cause yeah, he he buys in his own cowboy. He buys his own cowboy bullshit, even though he's basically from Connecticut. Yeah, he's not a smart. He actually believes that evangelical crap. I'm I don't think he does. Of the tower, so I oh, I think he does. I mean, he 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 went a different way from the rest of his family. And I, I think it was how, nothing more than just How do you think he could have done to. the things that he's done and believe in that? Do you think he just has some sort of evangelical justification for bringing along bringing along the second coming or some craziness like I that? Think, I, yeah, I think he's he's <laughs> really? basically on that level. Don't be fooled because he's got a rich background. That's basically his level. He chose that. His family well, doesn't come from that evangelical background. Yeah. So he—that's how he's going to be a little bit different in the world. I don't think he's—I don't think he's really cynical in that regard. I, he's on the Tom Clancy level with all those people and believing in the Rapture Bunny stuff. I'm well. Growing think, up in the Carolinas, I met a lot of evangelicals, or I, you know, I, we went to church with them, and uh, they're just a, kind of a weird breed. I mean, some of them, some of them really are, uh, you know, what you would think an evangelical would be like—just kind of a simpleton that that really just really authentically drank the Kool-Aid. And then there's just some <laughs> other people that just like, uh, you know, I might piss some people off, but some people just like dressing up in uniforms and, and being yelled at. You know, yeah, some people like 
being hated or some people just get a kick out of you know like you were saying you just get a kick out of out of speaking truth no matter how harsh it sounds you know you just can't stop yeah. yourself and I'm kind of the same way to a lesser well, once you once you get doing it yeah you get a yeah. case for it but I think also his his remember his dad was slightly anti-Israel and I think that that uh Bush too may have taken a little lesson from that and he's been over there and he's talked to him and I, he, he identifies with them and has respect for them and plus it's in his interest so it's all kind of pointing the same way so do you think it has anything to do with with actually bringing Jibu back or converting the Jews to Jibuism or anything um, for him I would tend to believe that less but, uh, but I would tend to believe that I think there's some level of belief there in terms of uh, Israel having a right to that land and, and God judging those who judge Israel. I don't think he's all that cynical because I don't think he's I don't think he's dumb but Capable I don't think he's of all that, that type smart. of cynicism. <laughs> well, he's not really on that level. I, I don't see him as. He he really he really is like the typical fox watcher, I think. And he's he makes a good that's why they they got him out there in front of the, in front of the Jews, because he reflects the biases and the general level of the audience. The biases shit. Because he's one of them. I think he is one of them. There there's People who are cynical and smart, and Clinton would be one of those. But uh, I don't think Bush is that is that way. Smart. Well, I'm not saying he's necessarily smart. I mean, he, I, I think he he's probably just a, a thug. Um, he's average plus, and he thinks everything's. He's a guy who is. He's never had to I just bear think any cost of. He's never had. I don't think so. I, I don't think he's ever had to bear any cost of failing, at all. I mean, he's everything he's done. He's been set up by his dad. He wouldn't be anywhere without his name. And it's it's all cheap and easy to him. You can see that in his his glad handing and the rest of that. I, so I don't really take that as cynicism. I just think it's too easy for him. He was just well, I just know too many people. And, them away. and yeah, yeah. I, now you read, read. Go to Wikipedia, uh, mm-hmm. w- w- listeners, dear listener. When you have when you have time, go to Wikipedia and look up uh, what is it? Arbusco, Arbusco Energy, which yeah. was Bush's first company. And this is how cynical he is. He named it the Spanish word for Bush, Arbusco. Uh, because he was running for election that very month, and he actually announced the the founding of the company before it was even founded. After the election, he changed it to Bush Co. or Bush Energy. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's funny. <laughs> just just follow the lineage of that one company, and what you will notice is that the companies get completely raided, and then they're mysteriously bought out, and in very mysterious circumstances, more often than not, uh, and it goes on to. By financiers from the Middle East, uh, often. Spectrum Seven. Oh yes, that mm-hmm. are connected with Osama bin Laden. Look, uh, I, I, yeah, I, this I, is a this is a book that I mentioned in Goyfire one time, and, and I'll mention it again uh, because you can find it in the used bookstore now. Uh, that is Kevin Phillips. He's a well-known political reporter. Uh, he's getting a little older now, but uh, uh, American Dynasty, and he goes into the Bush family. And all these business enterprises and all their connections uh, for generations, and uh, I I recommend the book highly. He has his thesis is a little flawed. He goes off onto this uh, sort of uh, European aristocracy thing, which I don't think he fully yeah. understands. But anyway, uh, he, he as a as a historical researcher, he does a pretty. He's not a historian, but it's a work of history in a way, uh, and it it confirms exactly what you said, Theseus. Well, they've been arms dealers. They yeah. were arms dealers way back, and they've always they've always had a way. Uh, you know, the Bushes one that that one side of the family was was always it seemed like they were always in position of whatever was going on. You That's know, the Walker were, side. 
Right. That's yeah. Right. right. That's right. Because the Bush side wasn't. They were really just mediocre. Yeah. Or forty. Mm-hmm. But you said uh, they were no, opportunists, I, Jeff. Right. Yeah. Uh, pardon me. Their opportunist was what? Yeah, opportunist par excellence. Right, and I believe that's what the evangelical Christianity is. I've seen people that just do that. I mean, they're they're alcoholics, they're drug addicts, and uh, that's the quickest way to fool the dumb goyim into thinking that you've absolutely turned it around. I mean, I mean, think about it. We've never had a president that was admitted alcoholic, have we? Mm, I guess not not, that I know of. I mean, I don't know. I don't see that it. it I mean, I mean, the last the last couple of presidents, one way or you know, another, had that much. I mean, that matters in the South. They've been pretty. They, his dad was elected. His dad's what is his dad anyway? They're not evangelicals. No, no. His dad's Episcopalian. Okay. Yeah. So he decided that. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's faking it, but I think he believes in that crap to some extent. Who was that definitely. nigger? Very uh, gentleman who wrote that book, Blood on Ice, and he used to talk about how raping white women was an insurrection. Eldridge Cleaver, Soul on Ice. Right, wasn't Soul Soul on Ice, yeah, and then he came back and uh, he reinvented himself after all this shit as a conservative Republican (laughs) evangelical. And and then he went went on crack again after that. (laughs) 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 Excuse me. Yeah, after he, he after he bilked after he bilked the stupid uh, free republic types for a couple million dollars, then yeah, he used that like to that. They, snort always more been crack. Around. They, those people have always been around. They're just, you know, it's it shows you how sick our society is that they actually prosper. Yeah, and, and we fall for it or not. I had not one us. of them. I had one of them come by, and the impression he left on me is the the thing that sharpened in my mind was that they don't really like the Jews. They just think all that crap is necessary to get them to number one position. You know, yeah, and, they and don't, the they don't like the Jews. They're trying to convert the Jews. They believe that the Jews will worship Jesus. Uh, they'll fall down and worship Jesus and that'll be when it when it's on. But they also believe God is using one nation to punish other nations. Yeah. They have a lot of wacky, and I didn't really grow up around that stuff. To me, it's utterly wacky. But it, uh, I, I, don't I think grew they up like around Jews it all. I grew up around all of it, but I, I, I didn't see, I didn't understand, or I didn't actually believe it was dangerous. You know, I, I actually, uh, I would criticize uh, your broadcast for bagot on Christians uh, because uh-huh. even though I've, I'm. I've always been an atheist, as far as I can tell. Um, small a atheist. Uh, I just don't believe in anything supernatural. But oh yeah, I, I, it's um, hard not to. I, I it I, is hard not to. And now that when you understand that their lunacy has consequences that are now affecting us all, I just thought Christianity I, I, was like a good yeah. moral code for stupid people. Uh, yeah. Well, then that's when I started. That's pretty much. My attitude is I didn't think it was all that big of a deal, but the farther you go and you dig in it, you're like, damn, the mindset that this thing is spreading is is it's just plain dangerous. And they don't realize the roots of it in the Schofield Bible and the rest. And how I kind of thought they were like me. Like, I, I kind of thought they were like me, is that they were going through the motions, and then when it, com- it came time to make adult political decisions, they would make adult political decisions based on geopolitical realities. You know they would put it through their own particular bent, but my God, this this stuff is uh, left behindism. Yeah. Oh, this and this this. Uh, oh, it's big out here, and yeah. I'm not really in the South technically, but it is big, 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 and uh, and even in northern Missouri. Because you go to a book sale, and they got every er, practically every place that has books has that kind of book. 
Oh, and look at the websites. There, there's a there's a ton of uh, forums with uh, the left behinders. Yeah, they they definitely there. A lot of people do believe that stuff. I mean, literally believe it. I think it's just nihilism. Uh, it's just nihilistic to me. Well, I tell you what, though, I, I, I don't think those people are faking so much. Because, I th- because I when I was at college and I wrote editorials, people would always come up to me and they clearly could not believe that I believed what I was saying, and I was just saying standard conservative stuff. They refused to accept it. So at some point, you got to go. With Jews, I, I I believe it's all just a cover because that's how they are. But with non-Jews, they're likelier to believe in that crap as unbelievable as it seems to a rational person. With Jews, it really doesn't matter what they tell you because it doesn't intersect with reality. <laughs> uh, enough times to, for you to actually pay attention to it. No, no, let let me be like used Let me be clear about these Christians. Uh, they are capable of violence, and uh, they are now they are now really the bulwark behind Bush's war in the Middle East. And oh, yeah. they are sacrificing their sons to go over there and fight that war. And and they will they are they're fanatics. And all it takes is is uh, uh, some uh, a creep, uh, another presidential creep, uh, and he can turn those people on us domestically. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I they, have they no, would, I, doubt, I doubt that would happen. If if Israel started literally killing every single Palestinian, all those people would support him. Oh, absolutely. They they I'll tell you what they utterly believe that uh, God will punish people who stand against Israel. That they're not faking that at all. And they yeah, would kill if if a president came out and said these people whoever they are in in the United States public are against Israel, kill them. Uh but not in such raw terms. They right. would do it. <laughs> yeah, they would. I'm not 100% sure of that, but Oh, they would. I, it would have to be I'm it would have sure. to be constructed properly, but Oh yeah. I mean, if you, well, I mean, I I know I know a lot of the uh the combat uh, folks and and one of the more involved branches of the military, one of the hardcore on the ground branches of the military that uh, I grew up in and around. And uh, first of all, I, I guess you guys know this that all the combat, all the actual combat yeah. troops mm-hmm. are white. They are, yeah, right. Never and quite makes it in the papers, but yeah. No, no, it doesn't. All the the, the teeth, the teeth are all the white guys. The tail. You can also um, your half mud yeah, yeah. You yeah. can verify a lot of this. Uh, over it, I, I did a study on this, uh, uh, and I went to Eye Casualties, and uh, uh, Eye Casualties breaks down a lot of the deaths, not always by race, uh, and when you don't have it by race, you can correlate it to state, and the whitest states in the country uh, suffer the highest casualty rates. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, and, that and southern states. Yeah, it's it's southern and midwestern states. With high white populations that are suffering the deaths, I will say this though: never doubt the capacity for a society uh, to do some very in-depth soul searching after the loss of a war. Yeah, That's how sure. Socrates came about. I mean, Alex. the fascist movement grew out of the. Uh, the problem uh, is the the war doesn't even exist for most people. That's why the people on Fox are always. Oh, it exists the, for the, the war. guys that are going to be we're coming back, popping antidepressants and coming back without limbs and whatnot. They're going to start asking questions. I mean, the ones that are coming back already are asking questions. Yeah, but it's a wild no, card. It's a, it, it's a wild card, though. A thesis. I do. And I mean, I, out here, out here, a war exists. How do you know? I mean, they had one funeral for a guy who was killed, but beyond that, it's just. It's someone talking on TV. Well, in South Carolina, Paris Island is 13th grade. Uh, yeah. The United States Marine Corps is 13th grade for uh, 
young uh, men uh, in the Carolinas and in and, and the Deep South. Uh, military service is kind of a family tradition, and that's what you do. And I know a lot well, of these guys. I hope guys, that breeds some warriors that that come to ask questions about it. Oh, I please like, believe I'll it. tell you what, I don't see squat around here like that. I, I don't either. Alex, that's why yeah, I didn't go, see, go, go see where they pl- play paintball. Go somewhere <laughs> where they play paintball this weekend. Alex, that's I why don't know I, if they have that around here. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about your comments on Odinism because I, mm-hmm. uh, you, you talk about a warrior ethos and, and wh- whether you believe Odinism is, is uh, literally true or not, I, I don't believe anyone really does. But it, it, it instills heroic virtues. I mean, if, if someone were to be uh, to look at the Eddas and the sagas, just like if they were to look at Homer, they would be inspired to uh, to greater things, and they would they would take away heroic values and, and uh, you know warrior ethos and that and, and, and right. good. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't see why understand why you wouldn't want your children to read that, and you wouldn't want. You yeah, know, what the hell's no, wrong with you, Alex? They could get that from other places too. I, I would. I have no problem if people get that from them. Go ahead and read them and go with it. I personally uh, do. I'm not inspired by myths of any kind, regardless if they're Jewish or Jewish for Christian or if they're overtly Nordic. They just they don't inspire me. But that's partly a matter of taste. Other different things inspire me. So I but assume those in my line would be inspired by what inspires me or more likely. But yeah, let them let them go ahead and instill that. Create some some created functioning Odinist subculture. But if you read something like the Nibelungen lead and stuff that derives from Odinism, it's very inspiring. I mean, that, that, it's intertwined mm, with our culture maybe. if you go back far enough. I mean, I, I haven't read that, but I've read I've read the Homer the, uh, the Homer's works, and I didn't personally didn't find it very inspiring. And a lot of that's even been borne out by uh, empirical evidence that the Germans have done uh, with uh, archaeological research. I mean, that, mm. that's not just pulled out of thin air like the Bible, Homer's uh, writings. Well, oh, I, yeah, I guess yeah. I would find the physical anthropology and the facts of this where Aryans were and who they were. To me, that's more interesting than their. That's myth. how I am. Why? Which, why which, waste your time? In my opinion, on 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 well, that's, fiction. That's the, Wait, you that's the richness that was pu- pulled out of conservatism. That's yeah. that's the part that that when I I came to racialism, apart from it being right politically, I like wow, this is the interesting stuff that. Just a touch of it used to be a natural view in the American Spectator, and now there's nothing. And this is what I want to know. It puts you in in the link of of generations. And I just personally don't respond to religious or mythic stuff. I know a lot of people do, so don't don't take my remarks in that regard as as more than what they are. Just it's just irritating to me when I see that stuff. Uh, if people take so seriously something that is not real, and and they you can say they don't believe it's real, but I'm not so sure that they don't believe that stuff's real. Because I've seen Christians, it's dangerous to underestimate when people say, "I believe this." They believe it. Well, I don't take it seriously. I just I was I was writing you the letter because I wrote you that letter on Odinism, by the way, that you threw up on the uh, mm-hmm. on the cut. But because uh, it, it's just not true that that that's not why Odin sacrificed himself. It wasn't okay. sort of then that's a legitimate factual correction about a mythical figure. Right. You know, and, and I mean, it's, I, to me, was, it's kind of. Hey, I'll give you. I'll stipulate to the point. To me, it's like whatever, <laughs> what man. Was... It doesn't exist. It's fiction, and religion erodes that boundary. That's why I don't like religion. You ought to have a fiction is one thing, and fact is another. And I'm much more interested in the facts. But what I was and pointing it... out was reading it as a myth. It can be an inspiring and interesting thing for 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 uh, a lot of people who are interested in racialism to do. It's not maybe it's not for true. you, well, but it it's is, certainly it... it's certainly not dangerous like Christianity is. 
I could argue about that, but I, I don't want to now. But you, you're you're probably right. If uh, you know if you're intelligent and it inspires you, I accept that, and I'm sure that's true for a, a good percentage of people. Um, it's just I've never really steered in that direction particularly, and and I think it, I just I've seen how religion slides over into oh, wouldn't you like to think this? And that's how they get you. You'd like to think something's true, you start believing it. Pretty soon you're a damn escapist. And, well, I and think I'm pretty grounded in reality. Field. No, I don't mean you. I mean just people in general. You have to make a strong distinction between reality and, and little ideas that you've popped up in your head, regardless of how nice or inspiring they are. Oh, I do. Because yeah, uh, nonfiction is 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 more inspiring, I think, and, and you actually know something at the end of the day. That's what I that feel. Stuff. I mean, the, the, the Aryans... Uh, Going eastwards all the way to Japan and going westward all the way to Washington State in the United States. And, and uh, do they tell you about be... that in public school? No, they don't tell you about that. Yeah. You don't know any of that. I, I didn't know any you of. You imagine stuff the until... narrative that actually exists there, and and that's why they can't, Alex. That's why they can't tell us that stuff in school. Well, because sure. can you imagine what that narrative is? I mean, my God, what? I, I, the, I like. The, Logical what have I said a hundred times? Is, so civilization only exists in this world to the extent to where white people visited. What, what, what's understood yeah. as religion today <laughs> that's right. not, was <laughs> that's not what was considered <laughs> religion in the ancient world. In the ancient traditional world, religion was the right. It was the act of participation in, in this right, this uh, religious social right that was mm-hmm. you know, a force of social cohesion, whether it really had any spiritual significance or not. Yeah. That was that. It wasn't about some blind faith. It was about participating in that right, that cultural, spiritual right. And, well, there was a lot of things that we we call religion now. One tiny sliver of what we used to call religion. A lot of things now we call it science and spirituality and social. Right. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I personally I personally believe I'm more of a 19th century type, and I believe that science is not in the same class as religion in in any way, shape, or form, and oh, the science is just another religious belief. No, 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 no I'm not saying that, I'm saying... No, I know you're not saying I'm that, a, I'm saying, saying that. Just, But I am just, agreeing with you the, that, that <coughs> it's the yeah, way we <coughs> describe the world, and now that we know that... I mean, because look, I mean, everyone used to be uh, animists, we were pretty sure, and, you know, God was in the trees and in the rocks and whatnot, and we began to find out a little bit more about our surroundings, and then God was in the clouds, and then we mm-hmm. we begin to find out a little bit more where rain and thunder comes from, and then God's in space. You know, now, I mean, God keeps moving away from us if we, as we find more and more out about the universe. Um, well, I th- but I there are just still spiritual kind of... Um, uh, uh, Supernatural type. I don't know. We're kind of wired. I, I do believe we we are wired for some type of uh, um, superstitious thought, and I believe that's what religion amounts to at this point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a say. superstitious way of uh, of uh, trying to describe, you know, what's going on and why things are the way they are. And it's just kind of evolved, but we st- we still have these same questions of, you know, the the. The uh, like what they call the human dilemma, which is the fact that we all know that we're going to die. And, what? You know, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's, that's why religion is so resilient. I mean because it's it's for forever we've buried our moms and dads, and we've looked on the burial mound going. God, it's so much easier to. I mean, I know shot through the bone atheists who will console themselves at that moment, and I probably I, I may myself. 
console myself at that moment saying, well, mom and dad is in a better place. Yeah, but, yeah. It's much easier to deal with that than uh, I guess I food. see that. But I, I, I no, don't I don't know. believe it, in it to any... You know. I know. It, it, to me, it just... When you when you start make, blurring the line between this is real and this is this could be real or spirit, I don't I don't know I like to make a sharp distinction there. I think the distinction is sharp because I think there should be a distinction because I think we should use science to fix that. Well, death. I think there is a distinction whether or not you choose to acknowledge it. You can be a Christian Science and just ignore that you're falling apart, even though most of them are actually hypocrites. So it does kind of fit humanity. But you know, it, Johnson, Dr. Johnson said, "I refute it thusly." You know kick the rock your foot hurts so <laughs> yeah. there is something outside of you it is real and there are patterns and they're absolutely undeniable and I, I, I don't think understand how everyone could, un- can deny that I think that the sooner we could understand that there's no God the sooner we could say hey you know let's see what we can do about this death mm-hmm. because there there are you know there are are things that can be done I mean there, there are a lot of things that we know about now that we didn't know about just 10-15 years ago I mean uh, just because I'm close to the uh, microbiology and genetic research industry, to uh, just enough to know that mm-hmm. you know it, there are things that could well, be within 60 years away. Uh, Once tops. you've got the genetic code in your hands, thanks to an atheist, I might add, uh, <laughs> then you can start to figure out what you know. Trace, oh, this is causing that, and that is causing the other thing. Yeah. Well, what if we do this? Hell yeah, they're going to be able to. They're going to be able to tweak it quite a bit, but. Yeah. You know, like Twain said, I mean, death is the great reward for putting up with all the bullshit. <laughs> he had that one short story where the guy chooses riches, fame, and all these other things at the end. He was begging to die. Uh, and, uh, I, I don't see that. <laughs> I, I, I would um, I would choose to live forever. I, I, uh, I like uh, life and all depends of Depends on the conditions, I would say. <laughs> well, you have control over that, ultimately. <laughs> well, you have a little bit. You have a little bit of control. You're a, you're a young guy. <laughs> On the margins. You wait till you get a little older and you start getting thicker, a little thicker in the head and a little thicker around around the middle, and, and all of a sudden getting up's not such a damn joy. Oh, I can't wait to get up and go surfing, man, and read a new German book. It does dra- it, it does wear you down a little oh, bit as, as you get a little older. And, oh, uh, I imagine so, but it's not. Oh, that's wow. not necessary. I mean, you're 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 experiencing cell death. You know, that's, that's what sore sore bones are, yeah. you know. That's cell degeneration, and that's not necessarily uh, a hard and fast fact that has to be forever and ever. I I, that's all right. I'm saying is I believe I hope that you're we right. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's well, tied up in, into cancer. I mean, if we if we can fix cancer, we can fix death, basically. It's just the way the, the, way the DNA replicates itself. It just makes a bad copy, a copy of a copy of a copy, mm-hmm. and eventually the copies get, get bad, and that's why your skin gets wrinkly and your eyesight goes poor. Well, damn. But we I just think the National Socialists would have fixed cancer if they'd had a chance. Oh, I, I fully believe that if the National Socialists had, uh, had, had Germany, had we all been speaking German, uh, <laughs> like instead they of Mexican. Say, Yeah. <laughs> now we get to, instead of speaking Mexican and Cambodian and... Guy sends me stuff from Eastern Washington. I mean, they put the ballot like you know, ninety-five languages. Some of them, uh, to me, they look like space alien marks, and half that stuff. Thai. This is America. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I, I need a T-shirt that says, uh, "My granddad got uh, blown apart fighting his cousins. <laughs> all I got was this lousy America." Oh, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, how many people have written to me and said, "Yeah, my my grandfather's in the war, and uh, like he says, we fought on the wrong side." A lot Absolutely. of people say that. Absolutely. I wish he were still alive because I, I imagine that he would say just that. And I, I don't know if that was in his mind in his later years, but I would not doubt it. 
Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it either. My father was a, a World War II guy, a, a Guadalcanal, and, and fought fought in that hellhole over there. And and I found some of his letters, and and he told me this himself. Uh, I mentioned this on a Truth Knows Defense broadcast. He never wrote about any of this crap that we're told World War II was about. He, he All he wanted to do was come back home. That's all any soldier wants to do. Yeah, all the other and stuff he, is bullshit. From the time you get off the bird... Uh, and when you get in country and get off the bird and you feel the heat on your face, and all you're thinking about is your responsibility to get yourself and, and your, your fellow uh, soldiers yeah, or Marines I, home. I can't imagine fighting in Vietnam. That would just be beyond horrible to try to fight in some of that jungle crap. I mean, he, 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 t- he told me all this crap, you know, that, you know, liberating the Jews and fighting for democracy and stuff. He told me, he did tell me flat out, I mean, he said, I, I, I wasn't fighting for that crap. Yeah, they didn't know anything about that. They just told me yeah. their asses in the. Uh, you know, my they, granddad they signed up after uh, FDR engineered Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. and he ended up getting blown apart uh, due to bad leadership in the uh, in the um, uh, Battle of the Bulge in the uh, what, what's that forest? I want to say Tudor. Arden or, or it's closest in a ger- it was in a German forest during the Battle of the Bulge. Yeah. Uh, that that Hurtgen. Hurtgen. Battle yeah. of Hurtgen Forest is bad leadership. They dismounted. They had an armor advantage. And they dismounted them. It's it's never. It's very uh, seldomly written about or anything like that because it, it is basically known as a utterly botched planning, and um, and, and the Americans paid for it. And it, they were divisions from North and South Carolina, uh, or the. Or at least in North Carolina, the the more German areas, and you know, I look at uh, Granddad's um, uh, his his entire company, and and they're all Germanic surnames, and you just hmm. wow, you know, that's what you do in politics. You get your enemy to fight each other. Yeah, you get yeah. a two for you get a two for one, and that's exactly what you get. You have to admire the fully Americanized Volksdeutschen who returned to Germany and fought for the Reich. Though I was watching that. Uh, See, I don't know anything about that. There was a melodramatic uh, Steven Spielberg movie. I was watching Band of Brothers. It was a really awful. I caught yeah. a few minutes of it. And yeah. uh, some Jew uh, soldier in the American army was harassing this German soldier. And he's like, where are you from, Kraut? Huh-huh? And he starts messing with him, and he says, Ohio. You know, <laughs> in a you know, clearly distinct American Oh, okay. Well, look, why don't, what, this is a topic I've been very interested in. I've, I've read nothing. Now, uh, how, how, did this happen? Yeah, it certainly did happen. I mean, it wasn't a mass movement. Or uh-huh. Yeah, not a big scale, but of course they would never show a German-American fighting World War II. You'll see every other ethnicity. Jew, prominent Jew, a prominent Italian, and a prominent, you know, maybe even a Southerner, but they will never show. I mean, the bulk of it is made up of people of German descent, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's like 70% of white people in the United States identify as uh, Germanic, and... Even that's heavily skewed because there's such a large contingent or a large percentage of Americans who identify as American, and mm-hmm. those more often than not are either Scots Irish or German. Mm-hmm. But I find yeah, really basically. interesting those Volkswagen who actually returned and fought for the right despite being completely Americanized, having never been to Germany. That's an amazing phenomenon. They really yeah. heard the Stimme der and deep within, and just went over there. There can't have been that many of them, though, were there? No, no. I mean, we're talking about a handful of people, which is why it's it's amusing that it would be shown on a show like that. But just uh, well, you guys see when you go over there. When I was over there, I was I was, and I went in with really pretty much no preconceptions. I was uh, very surprised 
that we beat them, just given the, the tenor and the nature of the people. And if there had been anything close to equal numbers, I know that we wouldn't have beaten them. Oh, just no. Because Americans are, are tough, but uh, they're a little bit better organized on that kind of stuff and more serious. It's just a matter of numbers, I suspect, and Hitler probably made a mistake or two. Now, I'll tell the group here tonight, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, very early in the broadcast, I, I just got through recording another uh, interview uh, with with my uh, with a German friend, uh, a German acquaintance, and we talked about the NPD and German politics. And uh, uh, I agree with you; they're very serious people. They're very uh, focused on what they're talking about. And uh, uh, and this has been true with my conversations with him. And you know, one of the things he brought out about the NPD was is this effort uh, that has brought seven percent in 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 one of the Landestags. Uh, in in Germany, regional kind of state governments, this mm-hmm. effort is the product of 16 years of work. Yeah, yeah. That that yeah. that uh, this has been a this this particular effort is is it, it dates back to 16 years, and and they've been driving and pushing that long. And, I'm really uh, inspired by their very uh, grassroots uh, Yeah, I am too, and look, that's exactly how they did it, too, grassroots, just like Hezbollah. They're yeah. really putting through a lot of the uh, the things that the NS government put through during the Gleichaltung, but they're doing it now, you know, sort of informally as, as their own social organization. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hope you guys listen to this interview. Uh, I, I'm very proud of it, and, and this this fellow I, I've, I've hooked up with, he, uh, he he's really changed my... My thinking on a lot of different things. Of course, this is Germany and not America, so you know we have a slightly different orientation about how we think about things. But I enjoyed uh, the first interview you did with him, Jeff. Yeah, this is the same guy, yeah, yeah. and uh, and and uh, he's he, he's changed my mind on a number of subjects. What, uh, what things has he changed your mind on? Uh, on economics, he, he's made me re- he's made me re- reconsider um, uh, a lot of. Um, uh, ideas I've had about business and capitalism. capitalism stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not that I've become, you know, uh, an opponent of 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 market economics, but it's made me a lot more skeptical about it, uh, and mm-hmm. and kind of the damage uh, this sort of ethic can do to our populations. And uh, well, this, well, this tell you, if you remove Jews from the equation, it's amazing how many things just work. By virtue of the fact that pe- that people are expected to have virtue, that's, that's true. Part of the reason I hate Jews so goddamn much is that they ruin shit like capitalism. You know, mm-hmm. capitalism is what people do when they're left alone. It's not like a system that somebody yeah, sat exactly. down. Adam Smith did not make up capitalism. Capitalism is what people do when what, yeah. they're left alone. It's just and, yeah, natural trading, and through virtue, you build up money and you invest it. And you don't right. hurt your community because, I mean, that's your own people. But when it's not your own people, then who gives a fuck if the next guy's a Filipino or a Mexican? But I definitely Screw know them. what you're saying, Jeff, because uh, especially now with this this amazing... Uh, Global capital. Amazingly, yeah, and this, well, this amazingly high technology, we have the ability to do uh, a, an extreme amount of damage, uh, like, for instance, to the environment. Yeah. And, and we can do a lot more damage, or, or a business person could take, you know, maybe the, the low road... And do way more damage than his products and services are worth to way more people. I mean, there's an old Nordic, I think it's Nordic saying that says, "We all drink from wells we didn't dig." So 
there there is some type of social responsibility out there. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I don't think Marx hit it, but w- uh, there is definitely a, a responsibility beyond selling a product. But the thing is, these people are in situations where the laws essentially dictate you go along in hiring illegals or you go out of business. Yeah, and right. that's in the line in the sand, and we know, and and they they have yeah absolutely perverted natural market economy into all that matters is you're judged solely by the amount of money you have and any way you get that money, it doesn't matter. And that's what we got, total free agent society. And that's very un-Aryan. You know, that, 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 that's... Yeah, a, I think so. Yeah. I think it is. It, there, there is somewhat of a difference between the, the, the British countries and the, and the German countries. I agree. You can feel it's more of a, a, a clan or kin based over there. At least it was, but I've heard, and I was only over there about, you know, 87, and I've heard from my uncle who was over there that even the liberals are starting to doubt that they, they just have insane immigration over there, too. And and uh, it's I guess it's really changed a lot. Yeah, I'll, I'll I know that a lot of Germans are leaving, too. Yeah, you, you'll see what it's like. Yeah. Well, they yeah, still had E.S. Sanguinous blood laws and still pretty, until pretty recently. Yeah, so. and then the Jews were praising them for getting rid of those while yeah. <laughs> keeping them in, in Israel. Yeah, while well, keeping them in Along Israel, the yeah. Wall. A lot of yeah, those yeah, Vol- so-called right. Volksdeutschen that snuck in under that pretense were really Jews from Russia anyway that are making hell for the German people. That's oh, they're correct. they're importing Jews. I, I just saw something the other day on on Google News about how, yeah, uh, you know, Germany's allowing hundreds of thousands of Jews from. I saw that uh, too. Russia. They, they had the first graduate of some rabbinical school, I think, is what. If that's that's something I saw the other day. But hey, yeah. hey, y'all, y'all tell me what's going on here, okay? Since I, I'm a new, I'm a rather new to to this whole thing. But what's the deal with? Um, you know these gangster type Jews being Orthodox rabbis. You know, like your Abramoff, <laughs> like Dov Zakim, like I mean, what the fuck? I that just make them better at what they do. Well, you know that's yeah, what that's what Craig has to say. He says he says you know are the Jews are they a race are they religion or are they an international crime syndicate? Well, I mean, look. Oh, it's, it's an international crime conspiracy. I mean, <laughs> certainly it's international. One one thing about the about that is that look, those suckers are popping out ten, fifteen kids, so they got a natural crime network from their own loins, and the, and then the the New Square and the the Haymarket or whatever are getting money from the feds directly to set up bogus schools for all their 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 offspring. So they got really they got a good basis for a corruption. No, to start yeah, with. yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I guess they just take it from there. I'm not aware of Abramov's, you know, his direct background. Well, I mean, no, he's just an ordained Orthodox rabbi, and uh, you know, he's yeah, got a rap right. sheet 16 miles long, and uh, you know, like Dov Zakim. Uh, Alex, look up Dov Zakim sometime on uh, mm-hmm. you know, Google. Will, will help you there with the spelling. And um, he he worked at the Pentagon. He he yeah, was uh, in early 2001. He he was working he was working at a company that did, did electronics. Uh, that would take over the flight of airplanes. Uh, then yeah. he went to the Pentagon. He was he was working at the Pentagon when they lost the two point six trillion dollars. Well, uh, he na- he's now back in a strategy consulting firm. It's amazing. They're they're completely networked. I mean, one one Jew that I work with, I worked at uh, Phillips uh, Publishing, one of the largest newsletter publishers outside of D.C. And not, at the time, it wasn't overtly political, although he was a right wing guy who owned it. And he got into publishing a lot of right-wing newsletters for the, the neocon types. But he, uh, you know, the uh, one Jew that I work with, he went from there to like uh, 
He worked for some like Israeli defense firm. Then he then he was writing columns for the Washington Times for a while. Not really political stuff so much, but yeah, they're completely networked. It it you can't. It's hard to get give people a grasp of that who haven't. It's, it's like the movie they close. live. I mean, they're like the it's very aliens, so. and they're they're you know they just it, they aliens just can't up. understand that they're Jews are not like us. They don't. They aren't well-meaning. They don't look no, at people like and take said. things they at think face they just value. Have a, they think they just have a, you know, just a kind of a different, maybe a weird religion or something. Yeah, they they don't get it at all. And it, the thing is, you go into something that matters, that touches something, that makes decisions, and damn, they got it networked and they control it. And you may be a Southerner or German descendant or whatever, and you may be good or whatever. You go in there. If you oppose them, you're gonna be out on your ass. Oh, and, absolutely. And, and you may have your own little niche that you want to cover, and that's cool, but, you know... And you, they can you must smell you a mile away. Yeah, they know you're not one of them, first of all. Then they want to see if you're going to play along, and that you don't necessarily even have to support them, but by God, you can't oppose them. On, on the That's why everyone's a liberal in politics. It all race... Oh, I don't think race matters. You can be Well, if you don't American openly support them, you at least better uh, not let on the... That you know, and and like you said, they can smell it. They they, they do. smell. They they know. They're they're paranoid. I swear to me, Jews always seem to have uh, ant feelers. Like I've said, like they, uh, it's just you can't see them, but they have that where they can sense any hostility to their agenda. They know when, it. They know where it's going to lead before you may even know where it's yeah, going to lead. Yeah, uh, indeed, indeed. I had that exact experience. When angry white female, con. angry white female. They were calling her a racist before she even knew what the hell a racist was because she she drew the conclusion that hey, the Mexicans are killing the species we want to save, and so why are we worrying about that when we got a bigger problem that we're letting in you know fifteen million people? Right. Look, I've got a. I've got to start saying you're a racist. You're a racist. I was in a college level history class, and they brought in a Holocaust shill, uh, somebody who was apparently a survivor. And um, they broke us all into little groups, and then she uh, she visited each of the little groups, and uh, I I think everyone in this little group of four that I was in was I don't think there was I was the only white, and I, I'm a I'm a tall uh, blonde blue eyed person, and and she looked at me and gave me the meanest most malicious stare as she was talking about her uh, experience. And I know she was directing her venom at me. I know it, and uh, uh, I uh, I felt her just uh, her malice directed at me. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Yeah. There's well, we, we, did you know what was going on at that point? Or no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know anything about the Holocaust scam. You kind of know uh, that I, you're hated for what you are. Yeah, you, and, and, and I, and I see, felt that's it. Thing they always bitch about like, oh, you hate Jews because they're Jews. We say, well, at some point, you're, you're, when you do the same thing for 2,000 years, I don't see much of a yeah, difference the, between the, what you are and what you Theseus. Do. But they do hate you for what you are. Theseus, yeah. That, that's, that's exactly right. I felt it, and I didn't know what, I didn't know what, why she directed that at me. And, it, this, and I could see it in her face and in her eyes as she looked at me, and she directed all of her, all of her speaking at me. And I, I I didn't I didn't understand why, why is she doing this to me, and uh, you know it wasn't years later until I figured out well yeah this is ideological her, this is loxism yeah mm-hmm. yeah isn't it funny there's Amazing. no there's never been a flipping word for that, and it, it's practically the defining feature of our time, this hatred Jews have of non-Jews and and how that influences every single policy, and in particular hatred of our race, as we pose a threat to them. 
Right, and just as they call uh, us pointing out what they do hate, I mean, it, it, is, it is they who are the haters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what? That's what that's what got me. That you know, that's what did it. It was pro- I think it was Goy Fire Seventeen, and and you said we're we describe what they do. We're just giving we're just giving our account of what they're doing. We're, we're telling describing you what, they're, what doing. they're doing. We're telling the story. We're not we're not even painting it with any type of language more often than not. But you know, as we're even when we're just telling the story and just pointing it out, like you know, just like the uh, what's like the area redu- reduction to absurdity? You quote them with their own goddamn words, and they won't, and and they call you an anti-Semite. I'm quoting you. Your description. You know, you said it's bloody on us and our children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy stuff. And and they're so they're so for a smart for such a supposedly smarter than everyone else type people they sure have a problem perceiving any kind of double standard or uh, perceiving how their behavior affects others because others don't really exist to them that's to me it's it's more <coughs> cattle just well, like, like Luther said real thing in the world and everything else is is in varying degrees of, of conformity to their desire and they no one else no has real. any appended agency. They have no real deep intellect. They're glib, and it doesn't go beyond that. Well, they've never settled down That's to like a culture. True. You know, just like uh, well, some of this, this my confide book that I'm going through. You know, Hitler was Hitler said that uh, you know they're nomads, and and Aryans are nomads at points in their history as well. And he used uh, the American, the Americans going west, as, and he was saying that you know many of them had a nomadic type of lifestyle. But as soon as there was a um, I can't remember the term he used, but like a critical mass of people, you know, they got together in a town and they built a church and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they, you know, they 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 built a little town. Formed a settlement. The Jews yeah. go to other people. I mean, they're they're the it's the epitome of parasitism. Uh, they they don't have any type of culture. They don't have any type ah, of culture. But we force them to loan money at high interest rates when they so wisely believe that. I swear to God, I believed in that. I believed. I used to say. Well, that you, yeah, you see, this. because you've never heard anyone say that, mocking it. You say it, and when you say it slowly, and you kind of put an edge, then you realize how fucking ridiculous that is. <laughs> it doesn't matter. me to loan money at high rates of interest, and me wanting to farm. We just had to take all that profit. <laughs> you know what got me? It was reading some ancient account with some potentate saying we let them. Uh, have their own ghetto. We let them live in the ghetto, and I, I was like, "Wait a minute!" I thought they were forced to live there. So then I started yeah, digging, yeah. and at some points they were, but more often than not, they segregated themselves. And they're they they're got their little rabbis who want to dictate to them, and they don't they didn't. <coughs> I mean, it was kind of a mutual thing. Like <coughs> they didn't want their charges hearing anything different than what the rabbi said, and that's so ingrained in them now that that. Uh, there's distinct and it's genetic at this point. But this is what I learned in college: is that that due to the uptight evil Christians of the Middle Ages, uh, mercantilism, or, or rather, just like conducting business, was kind of a nasty thing, and so no one wanted to be involved with it. So Jews, poor Jews, they wanted to be farmers, <laughs> and uh, they wanted yeah. to work the land, yeah. and uh, but but they had to be shoes. business people because. The, you know they that were, was the, the dirty thing, and they they let them. Uh, well, yeah, the, the they claimed they were forced them. into it because the the you know that that they weren't allowed to take up honest laboring professions, which is come on. They, they, had they, they may have been used as an intermediary by kings or whatever, but they didn't have to be forced to to 
come up with scams. I mean, their whole... No, and, and, and think about it. It's absurd on its face. Scam. Who made business a dirty word to begin with? Who made business a dirty and undesirable thing to begin with? I mean, now I now I can you know think through that, and, and like you said, when you say it slow, it doesn't pass the smell test. And by that, I mean it's Hell absurd no. on its face. Yeah, Jews had to be forced to loan money at really high rates of interest. They didn't I've want to get you. going here. Too. Yeah, <laughs> hey, uh, felt I owed it to him. I want to tell I want to tell the uh, fifty perfectly with that caddy shack. <laughs> the fifty sixth listeners right now. Uh, which is uh, we we were up around seventy earlier. We we, we went over seventy. Went about you know, seventy five. We, we would claim we had five thousand listeners. Who's that? that? Probably my fault. Well, we're building it up from a base. From a base. Who who told it? Who if told we there were five thousand? I'm saying if we were Jews, we would exaggerate. Oh our yeah, listenership basis. Well, but 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 we're, but we're gaining each each one of these shows. We're picking up. We got, we got brilliant people on. Listen to them. I know. These are guys who know. I didn't, I didn't know. I don't. still don't know a lot of the stuff they, they've talked about because this is really a self-educational process. You can't find this in schools because they're teaching you lies. So you have to, together we have to collectively come up with the sources that we can read on our own and fill in a real understanding of our own history. And, and the legacy of our people that we will carry on. All right, we need to rebuild the curriculum from the ground up. Just we do. We do. And that everything that, we've been told is wrong. Or you have yeah. to approach it that way. You know, like, like, uh, like Alex says, anything you have not uh, yep. particularly sat down and hashed out for and yourself, that you will probably hold an idea that a Jew gave you. Yeah, and that's not that, something that, that is false and injurious to your health. And that's a goddamn brilliant point. It really is because, because, and I know it from direct personal of, of like why did why did I wish I could think of an example on that, but I had two or three where I had an epiphany. I'm like, whoa! Oh hell, I there's had an unexamined assumption that I know came from you know, whoa, you know, that's what everybody thinks. Oh, there's really tons of them. The serial, the black serial killer thing, or white serial sure. killer, or thing. that whites are more likely to be sex deviants or serial killers. It's yeah, every single point along the line, or that whites are, or, or even even that 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 whites. Are um, you know xenophobic, or they have this innate racism? Well, Which again, who's saying that? The Jew. Who's mm-hmm. who's who's the xenophobe? The Jew. Who you know? They did the uh, what do Ma- they call it? The Instant, baby uh, stranger anxiety. Yeah, stranger anxiety. I think is the term that they used. They found out that the Jewish baby just loxism at birth. I mean, the Jewish <laughs> baby's more nervous around <laughs> non-Jews. Their antennas start flipping around and they start screaming. Yeah. Okay, folks. Get their eyes reprocessed. I, I've really got to. I've got to shut <laughs> yeah, this. Center for Jewish Eye Reprocessing. <laughs> okay, I've got to shut this thing down. Uh, the listeners got a bonus forty minutes. I was supposed to shut this thing down at twelve midnight Central Time, uh, but they it's forty after forty minutes after. So uh, when you're listening to this in the archives, you're listening live now. You got uh, you got forty minutes uh, extra. And, and I'd like to thank you guys for coming on. Tremendous, tremendous uh, commentary. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sitting back and listening to it because it's great stuff and extremely informative, genuinely educational. And I hope you guys will uh, come back again. And uh, thanks to Jeff for hosting it so that we can yeah, do thanks, this about Jeff. once thanks. a week. Okay. Thanks it's our pleasure. He, yeah, we'll He's the guy running the controls and making it all happen. So. Well, I enjoyed it. It was nice working with you again, Theseus, and nice speaking with you, Jeff. Out. Yeah. Yeah, and we look forward to your recordings, too. We're, we're going to try to make this, yeah, uh, get our get your recordings to us, and we'll get them on the website. And um, we, we're trying to make this a, a Monday night affair. So, um, we've we'll done see. it the last, what, two or three? Yeah, we, at least three we've done consecutively. Yeah. 
All right. I've got plenty of other college anecdotes to share with you <laughs> gentlemen on another evening. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Good night. All right, guys. Wrap it up for tonight. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Free your mind of its alleged thought crimes with Vanguard Radio.